Hi, this is Jeff Kober, and we welcome you to this Disney at Play podcast. I'm here in the heart of the Magic Kingdom in a, I would say a quiet little corner, but you can hear Seven Dwarfs Mine Train running from afar. So I wouldn't say it's that quiet per se. I thought it would be a great opportunity to talk about, well, it seems in many ways that COVID has passed. In fact, I saw somebody uh, mention in a post recently the last thing remaining of COVID had been taken down or something of that effect. And, and yet, as I look about the parks, there are still many shops, um, dining and attractions, entertainment that are still closed. Maybe not so directly because of COVID, but certainly as a result of the consequences of COVID. So I thought it'd be really a great opportunity to, well, experience uh, and talk about what are those attraction shops and so forth. And uh, I thought, why not start here at the Magic Kingdom where I'm at this morning and use that as forum. In fact, the very first thing I want to talk about is where I am actually standing. It's uh, the pathway on the way to Enchanted Tales with Belle. This is probably the most major attraction, although there are other entertainment and, sh and uh, experiences that are closed. This is probably the biggest main attraction that has not returned to reopening. And one can understand with the fact that only a few months ago has it been possible for any child to, to get a COVID vaccination. Uh, the truth of the matter is it's not just about COVID. It's also about the fact that this requires some, some unique staffing. You've got to have, for lack of a better term, a lot of friends of Bell to run this attraction. And you also need to uh, staff the other parts of it as well. It doesn't hold a lot of folks in it. And in fact, that intimacy is also kind of problematic. Uh, guests are children holding uh, pictures of Chip and uh, Lumiere, uh, not Lumiere, but uh, uh, the horse uh, and other dishes and so forth that play a role when you recreate the story of Belle. Well, long story short, it's just still a little bit of a problematic place. And yet it's, it's really a lovely attraction. If you've never had the chance, I hope you do have a chance to do it. It is, it is a wow moment to step through the, uh, the magical mirror and into the castle of the beast. Uh, Lumiere is charming and so is wardrobe. She has a hoot and it's just a fun little show and to see the see everyone light up when Belle comes in the room and and uh, and participates in the storytelling session it's just a really great experience well there's some other things that have not reopened it'd be unfair to say that the train is closed because of covid because that's not true the train closed the Walt Disney World Railroad I should say more specifically closed way in advance of the pandemic. However, again, as consequence of how construction and other things slowed down in the pandemic, that train has not returned to the station. And that's been a real disappointment. Um, 
the good news is, is this last month, uh, cast members were shown in a photo uh, getting trained and ready to reopen the train. I, I don't think it's going to happen. Mm, I think it'll happen somewhere in November, but I would be thrilled if it happened uh, by around Labor Day. We'll have to wait and see what comes of that. Again, um, it is a little bit still impacted by surrounding construction of the Tron light cycle attraction. So we can't quite uh, blame everything on COVID. It really is a construction issue that, again, falls as victim of what's happened through the pandemic. A lot of people don't realize there's several shops and even eateries that haven't reopened at Magic Kingdom. The Adventureland Bazaar, uh, recently at the end of that, uh, Aladdin and Jasmine has returned to do um, uh, guest meet and greets, but the remainder of the shop has been largely closed. And a portion of the shop has been kind of turned over with tables for guests uh, wanting to uh, snack on a Dole Whip. So that hasn't returned. Don't know what that looks like when it does. Um, there is a confectionery, and I have to be honest, I don't remember the name of the store. So I walked to the front of the store this morning to remember the name. And, uh, you know, Frontierland Mercantile takes care of the pins and lanyards and um, magic bands that are sold there. But the gift, there is a small gift shop on the other side of the Country Bear Jamboree. And it was always a go-to place for me to get a snack. That has not reopened. Uh, talking to a cast member nearby, she talked about how this footprint of that area is so small, it was really still not deemed as appropriate to reopen. But Again, Frontierland Mercantile is reopened and that has almost since day one and they just simply paced the traffic in and out of the store during that time. So I have a hard time believing that it's really about the pandemic. I think they just don't see it right now as some stores, some retail, some, some food carts, things of that nature are the result of high attendance traffic. It, they're places that you want to have open on really high attendance days. The truth of it is Disney has done a better job and they talked about this in the third, I think it was second quarter call or the, the, the quarterly call that the company held. Disney is better able to manage its resources by managing the reservation system. And while that isn't always um, received favorably among fans, the truth of the matter is, is, is by managing that reservation system, they're able to take small eateries that don't do that big a turnover or small shops and things of that nature and just not utilize them. And if you think that's disappointing and, uh, you know, that's just Disney paying attention to the bottom line, well, that's been happening for a long time. You probably aren't familiar with the tri-cornered hat shop that was an even smaller little nook that happened between uh, Diamond Horseshoe and the Frontierland restroom area. You can still see a picture. I think Goofy is in the window wearing a cowboy hat, but I'm telling you that that shop has long been gone for the better part of a decade and a half. 
and uh, I think it's more of a broom closet than it is anything else right now. But any rate, that's one of the realities of the um, the reservation system is that it allows them to better moderate that traffic going through and not necessarily have to reopen some of those uh, lesser utilized spaces. Uh, not far away is Splash Mountain Briar Patch. That is a little, no cute little gift shop that sits at the base of Splash Mountain um, between the falls and where you enter into the queue. That has not reopened. I thought at one point it had reopened, uh, but um, again, cast member reminded me it had not reopened uh, since uh, all of this began. Then you have uh, the Tomorrowland Light and Power Company. Now that did reopen. In fact, it never closed because Space Mountain's exit was part of that uh, space. But um, it has closed currently because it's prepping to be reconfigured for the Tron uh, life cycle attraction and to better utilize that as a gift shop space. So it's being reutilized. I don't know if you remember, but the back half of that space, in fact, the better part of that space was not utilized for retail. It was actually utilized as an arcade. Disney always... Um, had had arcades both on Main Street and a big one in Tomorrowland. In my view, returning to the Tron light cycle attraction would be a perfect opportunity to bring back that arcade experience in the back half. But I don't see that necessarily happening. But I want to put it out there. The last thing I should mention about uh, Magic Kingdom, and I'm going to check on this. This will be... Uh, I promise before we're done with this podcast that I'll uh, announce this is the ice cream parlor. It shows on the map, but in all the times I've been by, I haven't seen it operating. I am more than happy to say that uh, if it does, I will be first in line. I'll check on that a little later. But in the meantime, let's take a look at a couple of other parks around property. Disney's Animal Kingdom actually had more things come back. Uh, earlier than any other park of the four uh, Walt Disney World parks. Almost everything work has been in operation uh, for some time. Though One of the most recent things that came back into operation was the Mickey uh, and Minnie character greet in the park. That just recently, or is just now recently returning to the park. Um, there is an entry, I want to say it's I want to call it Gateway Gifts, but I don't think it's called that. But there's an entry gift shop well in advance of the turnstiles. That has not reopened at all. Um, Again, don't know if that ever will reopen. Um, I think, in fact, it was interesting because when I came into the Magic Kingdom this morning, uh, the, the gift shop to the left, right as you pass the turnstiles before you go under the portal, was not open and I thought that's that's interesting because one of the best times to make money in that gift shop is at park opening you offer a number of sundry items uh, like uh, diaper anything from diapers to kids to sunglasses to sunscreen those things are usually offered and so not having that um, not having that available uh, or open at park opening I thought was a little 
a little um, surprising. But the same thing is occurring at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Uh, its entry gift shop is not open. Uh, I should also mention that, and and again, uh, maybe I'm 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 uh, slicing things thinly, but um, but the nighttime show at Disney's Animal Kingdom. It almost seemed like COVID was the excuse to end that nighttime show, um, which is unfortunate because I think it was a great show and had a lot of promise to it. So it's really disappointing that that is not uh, currently um, operating. And that there's, you know, the kite show offers a daytime alternative, but it's not the same as having that nighttime experience. Um, so. That's, that's part of what we're seeing at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Otherwise, everything is up and running. Before I move on to Epcot and Disney's Hollywood Studios, I have to backtrack on a few things at Magic Kingdom. First of all, I'm now in Tomorrowland. I've left uh, the area in front of Enchanted Tales, Bell's Enchanted Tales, largely because that has become a meet-and-greet, an exterior meet-and-greet. There's no going into the cottage, much less beyond to the castle. But but Belle, in her village dress, is meeting and greeting guests, and, and that's a pleasant thing. But again, not Enchanted Tales. I also have to share a couple of really fun things and interesting things I found this morning. And I, I promise as I get past some workload issues I have right now, I'm going to spend a a day at the Magic Kingdom to see if you really need Genie Plus to do the Magic If there's any park that needs it, it probably is this park. And yet, as I go through it this morning, I'm thinking, do you really need it that badly? Um, the biggest attraction that is problematic for getting on is the Jungle Cruise. I can get on Seven Dwarfs Mine Ride just by waiting till the end of the day and it practically becomes walk-on. But the Jungle Cruise is ebbs and flows not only in its queue, but ebbs and flows in its supply of boats. And that makes it really difficult to, um, uh, to do unless you are really right there at Rope Drop at the official opening time. Resort opening time doesn't get you on the Jungle Cruise any earlier. But uh, when the park officially opens each day, usually 9 a.m., you can then go on it. And, uh, and that's probably the best time not to have to wait in line. Although I always do admire the fact that there are refrigerated <laughs> or air, condition, air conditioning units venting out in the outdoor queue along with fans. So thank you for that. But the, part, the thing I really wanted to talk about relative to the Jungle Cruise was that they have added explosions in the water when you come to the gorilla section. You know, the gorilla's taken over the tent and there's one monkey there with a gun and he's pointing toward the river and sure enough, as he shoots toward it, out comes water out. Now, this has been around forever and a day at uh, Disneyland out in California. In fact, they now do it in a section where they're throwing dynamites and there's a big blast of water. This isn't as big as that, but still how cool it was to actually, actually be able to um, uh, 
to actually be able to see that a little effect added on, it really was a surprise and a delight as I walked, as I was riding the attraction. And so check that out next time you're at the Jungle Cruise. And again, I promise at some point, I'm going to make sure that I do a full day at Disney just to give you an idea how you might do the park without having to do the whole Genie Plus thing. And uh, at any rate, um, again, sometimes there may be some advantage to the reservation system in that it does keep you from having extra too many days that are just surprisingly overwhelming. Um, not to say this, there isn't strong attendance most every day, but, but it is a manageable attendance right now on a Saturday morning in this park. I could have done a large number of things and not have waited in a queue long before. Well, it's now 1030. By 1030, I could have done a large number of things without waiting in a queue. So I'll have to check that out on another day. I should also mention when we were talking about attractions that had not reopened in Magic Kingdom, I forgot uh, Pete's Silly Sideshow, which was a character meet and greet that had Donald and Daisy and Minnie and um, Goofy. And I'm not, a, I'm, I'm a bigger fan of Disneyland's walk around characters kind of thing, but I have to say, I really, there are a couple of meet and greet places that are really very lovely places and fun places and great little detail. And that has it and it's air conditioned. You're not waiting in line outside. That is not reopened, much less fed back into the big top souvenirs, which also has been open for some time, but is a very different shop than when it originally opened. I would not say they are selling half the merchandise that they were selling in that shop before COVID. Um, there are now tables and chairs indoors, which I really like. You can go grab a treat at the, at the you know, candied apple or a cookie or something and, and have a seat inside, air conditioned. Love that. And that's, that's a big thing. But, uh, but a lot of merchandise is gone. That, again, is a consequence of the pandemic and being able to import a lot of merchandise and get it to where it needs to be and so forth. So just uh, a little bit of context. By the way, while I was over there, checked out uh, work on Tron and I'm adding a whole bunch of photos to this experience in my uh, at Disney at play.com. So if you haven't checked that out, please do so. I want you to uh, be able to see some of the things that we're talking about. I didn't capture the gorilla uh, water uh, uh, river explosion it just surprised me and I didn't have time to, to move a camera in that direction but but the rest is there and all that is very cool and um, so check out disneyofplay.com for, for some of the photos of what I'm experiencing Tron looks great, the train station the train tracks are now laid the uh, one of the things that happens at the Fantasyland station is that there's a water tower to add water to the boilers that is not in uh, operation. That is being redone, probably just needed to be redone after so many years of use. And so uh, those things are waiting uh, as well to reopen uh, eventually. Greetings, intergalactic travelers. Welcome aboard the People Mover, presented by Enterprise. I'm Warwick 5, your guide aboard this highway in the sky. The absolute best way to see Tomorrowland. 
And my stars, is there ever lots to see? From spacecraft to monster lands. There's really nothing like today in Tomorrowland. For your safety, if you have wings, jetpacks, or gravity polarizers, please do not take flight while on board. Thank you. Well, we're on the People Mover, and uh, it gives us a chance to visit this new narrative that has been placed on this attraction. And for the most part, it's a pretty good one. Lots of little uh, alliterations or hints of Easter eggs regarding other Tomorrowland attractions and even Epcot attractions here, there, and afar. So it's kind of a fun thing to, to just sit back and enjoy. And the view of Tron is really good. Again, you'll see the photos on Disney at Play. I also showed a photo of Buzz Lightyear. He has changed his face. I'm sure it was somewhat connected to the movie. It's a little confusing. The Disneyland version actually had a real person in the, in the, the film, current film's costume. This is not that, but still his, his face is very different and very changed. So you're gonna wanna check that out too. That's actually been there all along, and it's a great little safety spiel set in a fun, creative way. It's a great way to get guests to do what you're asking them to do. By the way, we're passing by the construction of the uh, Tomorrowland uh, Light and Power Company, so uh, I'll try to grab a photo of that as well. Please keep forward facing... To your right is the Astro Orbiter, a celestial symbol of interplanetary harmony and fellowship. Hop aboard and launch high above Tomorrowland for a spin up amongst the planets. Interplanetary tribute to harmony and fellowship? Never thought that was just a spinner ride. Any rate... I should also say we're going past the Carousel of Progress. The alliteration to Mr. Tom Morrow used to be by the Carousel of Progress. It's now at the exit of Space Mountain. The next is Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress. As usual, we'll keep moving ahead, and so does the Carousel. Like Progress itself, this theater never stops, inspiring new generations to dream of a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. You've probably heard that there were costume changes done in the last act of the show and a couple of little touches like that. Um, I won't go into that today. I, I'm a little surprised that uh, they can make changes like that and they can't pay attention to the fading attraction poster in the front of the ride. But notwithstanding, anything I think is appreciated by fans because people love that attraction and they're just looking for something that makes it more relevant and enjoyable today. The People Mover journey has nearly come full orbit. Thanks for riding with us. It's been a pleasure to have you aboard. And even though we're concluding, this is always my favorite part. Because now is the time. Now is the best time to go out and explore tomorrow. Today. See you in the future. Now is the best time is uh, related, if you don't know, to the original song that was added to the Carousel of Progress when it came to Walt Disney World. It's a great big beautiful tomorrow is the original song that premiered at the New York World Fair and at Disneyland in 1967. But uh, the other uh, Now Is The Time was a song uh, added in the 1970s by the Sherman Brothers. At any rate, 
we're coming to the end of the TTA Blue Line People Mover. Well, well, well. Good news. The Main Street Ice Cream Parlor is back open. So uh, it doesn't open till 1130. But uh, hey, I think that's, uh, that's progress. Uh, well, not carousel progress, progress, but still progress for reopening and, uh, and kind of good news. I should mention that in my last podcast, I uh, had a chance to talk about the uh, new My Magic Band Plus. And uh, so I tried it out on a couple of statues around here. Your results are mixed. Winnie the Pooh didn't have much to say. Stitch did. Better yet, the Mad Hatter did, which is my probably my favorite Disney character. I played him in high school. And complete, and was the scenic designer of that same show, and completely designed the set to look like something out of a Mary Blair painting and uh, from the film. So I love that show, and I love the Mad Hatter, and hearing him talk about mustard with your tea and a very merry birthday, it's uh, kind of fun. So, yeah. I keep thinking I'm going to get out of the Magic Kingdom and head on to the topics of Epcot and Disney's Hollywood Studios, but uh, I've been reminded of the Halloween decorations. The first uh, Halloween Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party was last night. I'm looking to attend mid-September, and if so, I will provide a review of that. I noticed a couple of new decorations. Uh, some new pumpkins at the entry. I also noticed there was always these citizens of Main Street um, scarecrows that have been a part of the decorations for many years. But I noticed one for the confectionery. I didn't notice before and how the sugar was falling out of a, um, a hole in the bag. Anyway, take a look again on Disney at play.com. And when you're in the Magic Kingdom, be sure to check out all the Halloween decorations to include a lot of the uh, small pumpkins that you can find along the windows and the, and the upper sills of the, of the storefronts. Oh, and one more thing, passing by the newsstand, and it is nearly noon, and the newsstand at the front of the park is still not open. Again, you sense that there's a hiring issue relative to retail. All right, I am here at Disney's Hollywood Studios, held up inside of Docking Bay 7. I usually don't do uh, two parks in a day. I usually do two parks in a week. Uh, But I've decided to come back this evening. And uh, while we are on Millennium Falcon, the rains came in, big lightning storm. In fact, the lights have even dimmed at Docking Bay 7. And I can't tell, honestly, whether it's a special effect or whether lightning has really hit the building. Uh, But notwithstanding, um, a couple of things before I get into my continued list of what is still not open at the parks. I haven't forgotten that. Um, I should mention that here at the studios, the crowds are not that crazy. Now, mind you, they do go down in August anyway. But uh, what was a 30-minute stated line at 7 o'clock at Millennium Falcon it was actually about a 15 to 20 minute line, standby line. That's not much. And uh, the other lines kind of show that same thing. Rise shows a very high number. 
but we're going to try to see the reality of that later on before the park closes if we can get uh, past the crazy lightning that's going on right now. Uh, I promise that we would talk about what other attractions are closed. Before I go to Epcot, let me just talk about a big elephant in the room that very few people have mentioned recently. And that is that Blizzard Beach is currently closed. Now, it's not unusual for the park, both Typhoon and Blizzard Beach, to take a turn in the fall and then in the winter um, and only have one park open to guests. But to do it in the middle of summer, that is not... I can't think of a precedent for doing that. Uh, but again, attendance is not, has not returned to a level that really requires both water parks to be open. Uh, in fact, I don't even think I, I don't even, you don't even make a reservation to go to either of those parks. That's an interesting thing. I'll have to think about that a little bit more. But anyway, the long and short is um, they're taking advantage of doing some construction on the backside of Blizzard Beach. Um, water parks are not expensive to run. However, they are expensive to upkeep. Anything with water and pipes uh, is just, it's just constantly requiring rehab. That's why you see Cayley River Rapids and Splash Mountain. Every year they go through a four to six to eight week uh, renovation or um, uh, uh, downtime because there's lots to to address with these kinds of things. And a water park is 10 times that. Right now, uh, what appears to be happening is they're addressing some of the flumes on the back half of the mountain. Uh, and it looks like they may actually be adding a uh, tube lift before you had to take uh, single and double tubes up the mountain to ride on those uh, rapids. I think they're are they the runaway rapids? I think so. But anyway, I'm sorry if I don't have the name correct on this side. But any rate, uh, that's kind of the status of Blizzard Beach. And that is, again, an outcome of the realities right now of a pandemic. At Epcot, in, in truth, you wouldn't think that there's very much that is still closed. And... In some respects, you would be correct. Um, the restaurant Marrakesh has not reopened. That seems to be a casualty that is in question as to what its future status is. And then you see restaurants such as uh, on the western side of, of the Germany Pavilion, Der Teddy Bar, that is not currently open. And so that is a challenge as well. Um, and uh, I th- but the big thing there are two big things that are still looming at Epcot one of them is that the World Showcase Ambassadors those international representatives that staff all the pavilions are just now barely returning to Epcot so that's, that's a big aspect of the World Showcase experience that still has not been Uh, returned to what it once was. The second thing I should mention that is a big issue is that a third of what was Future World is 
still not open. That should have reopened by now with the um, with all of those pieces from the Walt Disney statue down to this new Communicore attraction. All of those things should have uh, been completed by now. But again, construction lagged and they took advantage of the downtime with the lesser crowds to put off uh, those construction timelines. And we're still waiting to see that very big piece of Epcot uh, completely overhauled. So that and a couple other minor things, a couple of Mer- uh, Morocco uh, uh, restaurants are, or Morocco shops have not reopened and a few little tiny pieces around, but, but those are the big things. The return of the World Showcase ambassadors, international representatives, and then, and then the whole big reopening of the center spine of or what will be a world celebration. So it's now well past closing and I am walking through Galaxy's Edge after being on Rise of the Resistance and uh, I uh, want to finish this podcast so I'm just uh, talking while uh, I am taking a little walk to the front of the park. I've covered three of the parks and I've talked about Blizzard Beach. It's a good time to talk about Disney's Hollywood Studios. And why I wanted to be in this park this evening was to emphasize all the many things. There is no park that is still more impacted by all the craziness of the pandemic than is Disney's Hollywood Studios. And the list is just, well, let me, let me go through it. First of all, you have the Little Mermaid show and attraction, which may not even survive the, um, the pandemic. It is still very uncertain whether or not that is reopening. There's been no, uh, unlike other shows that are still in the process of being reopened, that has not been talked about. And I think it's not just about COVID. The theater is a very old theater. And its problem is that rain curtain at the beginning, which can create some, some problems with the air quality in that theater, mold, those kinds of problems. They're kind of the same problems that took away the beautiful uh, pond and and waterfalls that were in the lobby of Disney's Polynesian Resort. And I think because of that problem, they may have to gut the building before they put anything in there, especially after it has sat for some time. So Little Mermaid is very uncertain. Much more certain is Fantasmic. It's been made clear that it is reopening my inside sources tell me that they are very much working on the show and redoing uh, things such as the timing of the fountains. I haven't seen a lot on casting. I'd like to think it might reopen by October. And I say October because it actually had opened on October 16th, which is the day of uh, the 
that the Walt Disney Company was founded. And uh, so I was kind of hoping that maybe we might see uh, an opening, reopening then, but it might be the holidays and it might even still be beyond that before it reopens. Little things, uh, well, not little, but, you know, the street boulevard used to be uh, Pixar, uh, the main entrance to Toy Story Mania. That's now in Toy Story Land. But they redid that little area into Incredibles. There wasn't a whole lot to offer, but there's less to offer now. Part of the really cool things that was in there was uh, a meet and greet with uh, Edna. That has not been uh, revisited to the uh, park. There is, um, uh, well, the uh, Jedi Academy, which the stage is still right next door to Star Tours, but again, that has not been uh, reopened and there's been no sign of that reopening soon, but I don't think I don't think it's gone forever. I think we're just having to to wait till other events occur before that reopens. I couldn't. I could see that happening maybe by hol, uh, by the holidays. One group I've mentioned this before in other podcasts. I don't know that the citizens of Hollywood will ever return to Hollywood Boulevard and Sunset Boulevard and to Echo Lake. I think they're kind of gone for good. And I think their budgets have been put toward live actors and performers that show up in the uh, Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. So then you have a whole lot of stores. Uh, The... um, studio store, the in-character store. The in-character store is right next to Little Mermaid. We have some photos of these. Um, We have the Indiana Jones Adventure Outpost. We have the Studio One store that is toward the exit of the Muppets. um, It's a wonderful Christmas. Is that the name of the shop that's right across? It's a very small shop uh, across from Studio One. And uh, Beverly and Sunset, which is right on the left as you enter Sunset Boulevard. All of those retail outlets have not returned. Now, I will say this, that if you think about um, just recently, and I'll show some pictures again on DisneyAtPlay.com, they have finished out a retail experience as you exit Toy Story Mania. They had done a temporary one where they had taken over the cast member break area. This is a more finished product than that earlier version. So they've created a new gift shop. At the same time, many of these others are closed. Beverly and Sunset was a very popular shop, especially with those who wanted a caramel apple or... um, Uh, cookies or Rice Krispie Treats, that was the place at the studios to get that. There is not a replacement for that still at the parks. They they replaced it with a Pixar shop, 
when Toy Story Land opened because they got cheap and didn't build a retail outlet to begin with. That store did not succeed very well. I think if it reopens, I wouldn't be surprised if it reopens with that original layout of, uh, of uh, offering that had the, uh, the Rice Krispie Treats and the Caramel Apples and all that. So that's still very much a possibility of something to come. So look for that possibility. And, um, but at any rate, a lot of retail still has not reopened at uh, the Launch Bay gift shop which offered a lot of Star Wars merchandise that you wouldn't be able to see that wouldn't be correct with the setting of Star Wars um, uh, Galaxy's Edge. That has not reopened. So you see a lot, of, a lot of things. When you add up these four parks, when you realize that a water park during the main part of the year is not open, these are, these are big issues. And... Uh, and they all have been impacted in some way or another by the pandemic. At any rate, I hope you've enjoyed this little trip that I've made. I know it's been a little crazy with everything in the background, but I try, thought I'd just do one in the parks today to share with you what's going on and uh, what's happening and what's not happening in the parks. So thanks for joining us. We appreciate your attendance. Check out disney at play.com check out our wayfinder group which is our patreon group take a look at that and uh, please um please support us in any way possible we appreciate you being a part and in the words of sinbad story book voyage always follow the compass of your heart well that's a wrap here at disney's hollywood studios have a great day we'll see you real soon